Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years, over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Abbott, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolstra, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. It's a bonus podcast for you this week. 15 years of Sports Business Radio this week. I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, 15 years has flown by. That's crazy. I mean, we you were podcasting before podcasting was podcasting. (laughs) I'm an OG. You're the OG. With podcasting. It's crazy. I think I've been with you, what, eight, nine years, somewhere in there? At I least. think I jumped on maybe almost ten. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. I mean, just looking back, we were going through some clips and stuff of classic that you'll hear here in a little bit. Uh, but man, I mean, lots of great topics and conversations and interviews. It's been fun. So April eleventh, two thousand four, was our first show, and our first guest was NBA Commissioner David Stern. And for those who don't know the backstory to Sports Business Radio, we started off as a local one-hour radio show on KXL in Portland, Oregon. You know, they figured, ah, we'll give them an hour on Sundays. How badly can they screw this <laughs> up? And if they do screw it up, who is listening on Sundays? And, you know, but then when people found out, like, it's a sports business angle, and, wow, they have some good guests, David Stern, John McEnroe, like a bunch of people that we came out of the box with, they're like, okay. So then Associated Press wrote a story about sports business radio, And long story short, after a year, we went nationally syndicated. And uh, it was really cool because people gravitated to the show right away. It was a different angle. My idea with the show with my co-founder, Keith Foreman, was everyone's talking to the athletes and the coaches, but no one's talking to the owners, the agents, the commissioners, the shoe executives. Here we are based in Portland in the hub of sports business with Nike and Adidas and now Under Armour and Wyden and Kennedy and, you know, all these different uh, touch points here for sports business. And then I had built a number of great relationships when I worked at the Portland Trailblazers. So I had access to some really amazing people. So I was like, no one talks to these people. They all have interesting stories. They all have egos. They want to share their story. They want to be asked about decisions they've made and the path they've taken to get them where they are today. So... Voila, Sports Business Radio was born. And Griggs, we're going to listen to some clips here in a minute. But i got to tell you, the greatest gift for me, in addition to getting to work with you and Bobby Corser and Keith Foreman and Nathan Roach, is I have gotten to have some incredible conversations with people. And as I always tell people, this has nothing to do with me. Hopefully, uh, if you were sitting in my seat, I'm asking the questions that you want to hear the answers to, and I'm asking them in a way that's conversational and uh, intelligent for you, the listener. But 
I'm tapping into genius, whether it's Mark Cuban or Jack Nicholas or Charles Barkley or David Stern or whoever it is that is on the show, Jeannie Buss, Chris Everett. I mean, I go through the guest list and as a kid who grew up admiring a lot of people that I've had on this show and had the chance to talk to, it really is uh, surreal to me. That's the word I would use. Um, I'm not a starstruck person. I think I do well with famous people. Uh, it's part of my job. I have to deal with famous people all the time. But to be able to tap into some very successful people and find out what made them successful and then to be able to share that with our audience so our audience can pick up some nuggets of advice that they can use in their business or their life, it's really cool. I think uh, learning after doing the show for so long, you realize that sports is so the small part of it is what's on the court. There's right. so much behind it right. and how everything is made and created and how this athlete is playing in this city and how he's playing with these shoes on and with this jersey on. And it's fascinating. And like you've talked about, we've talked about your your bucket list of, of guests that you've wanted and you've accomplished like probably 80, 90% of that list. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, it, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, everyone has an interesting story and, you know, sometimes we're able to uncover stories with people that people didn't previously know about their ascent to the top or challenges that they overcame in order to become a success. Um, but, you know, whether it's trades that have been made, like I love the fact that, okay, uh, the Phoenix Suns trade Shaquille O'Neal back in 2008. And instead of talking to someone who's covering the Phoenix Suns, like I get Robert Sarver, the owner, yeah. on the phone. Or, you know, last week we're in Los Angeles and we're talking to Jeannie Buss herself, the owner of the Lakers. Instead of talking to someone covering the Lakers about what's going on with them, let's talk to the owner. Uh, talk to David Stern or, you know, Don Garber at Major League Soccer or Mark Emmert with the NCAA agents. We are able to, you know, one of our mottos is we talk to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. And as much as we can, if we can go to the source, Versus talking to someone who's covering the source. That is what separates our show from other shows. The access we have to key decision makers. And, you know, I love our roadshow events like we had last week with Genie Boss in L.A. where we can sit down in person. And I can look someone in the eye and we do it in front of a studio audience. So that audience enjoys the conversation as well. But, you know, look, for 15 years, it has been my pleasure to be the host of Sports Business Radio I hope we have 15 more years. Sure. Um, I was thinking, I, you know, I just turned 50, so I'd be 65. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that's a, a good goal. 15 more years at 65, I hang it up. Maybe I decide at 60 that I've run out of people to talk to. <laughs> I've talked to everyone that I want to talk to. But as long as I'm curious about people and you and I find the means to be able to go talk to those people, whether it's on the phone, in our studio, or go sit down with them in person, I'm going to keep doing this show. I feel young and vibrant, and you know, I look forward to doing this show every week and tapping into the genius that we tap into, whether it's a great athlete, a great owner, a great business person, someone who's developed something that you know is on the cutting edge of changing our lives, like Twitter. Um, it's really, really cool. And Griggs, you know, I have to say, I thank you so much for all of your work on this show. Uh, you make it sound great. You are a wizard with everything that you do and you are at the, the highest of high. And, <laughs> Thank you, you know, seriously, like I, I, one of the things that has made me a success in business, I left the Blazers in 1998 and I've been out on my own ever since is I have an eye for talent and 
I like to play at a high level. Yeah. And I demand that out of the other people that I play with. So since this is a sports show, you know, I am someone who plays at a high level. I demand a lot of myself. There's no worse critic of me than me. Yeah. But I also want to play with people who play at a high level and who show up. And like Jeannie Buss said last week, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Right. And you are a true pro and you play at a high level and, and I appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. And it, it's, I feel the same way. I love working with people that are uh, aggressive and, you know, vibrant, love what they're doing. And, and it shows. I think when you work with the best people, you have a great product. I and mean, we're 15 years, like, like we're talking about. And I totally see us going another 15 years because I think yeah. we're working with great people and you're getting great people. And we have that niche of the business side that people don't, you don't hear about it all the time. So I think all those put together make a great product. And it's been great. Thanks for having me the last eight, nine years, whatever it is. And it's, uh, I mean, man, I've gotten to see the country that I haven't seen before. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had some great trips and just hanging out and great food and uh, good conversation. It's been awesome. Well, and a little peek behind the curtain of our team, Griggs and our photographer, Brad Kinzer, who takes such great pictures and uh, Cam Sandage, who does a lot of our social media graphics and things like that. Hadley Heck, who's been our intern and done a great job. Like we truly genuinely like each other. We yeah. look forward to traveling with each other and finding great restaurants and exactly. stuff like that. And to me, that also makes us special because I've had jobs where honestly I dread getting together with some people and I'm sure. like, Oh man, I got to do this with that person. And this is going to be a long couple days. And you know, now since I do work for myself, I'm able to really pick and choose who I work with, who I travel with, who I collaborate with. And, you know, the fact that I get to collaborate with you and, and some other really incredible people is it makes this job fun. And when you get up every day and you are excited and you have a zest for what you're going to do that day, it makes life a lot better than than dreading what you're what you have on your plate that day. No, I totally agree. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just been fun. You're right. Traveling together and just, uh, just talking together and, and getting to know each other. It's been a great, it's a fun team. It's, uh, it's a fun show to work on. And it's, it's so crazy too. Like just seeing where it's gone just with social media. And the last when we started, I don't even know if Twitter and Facebook were around 15 right. years ago. I can't remember the date when they came Podcasting on. wasn't around but in 2004. I mean, it's crazy just how much stuff is, has developed. And that's what makes it exciting. Cause you know, a year from now, who knows what's going to be on the plate two years from now, what's going to be out there in social world and everything else that makes it fun. Well, and it used to be like, you know, when you did a radio show, it was live radio, and if people weren't listening, then that was it. Like, you missed your opportunity. The fact that podcasting came along in 2007, then if you missed the show, you can listen on demand. Oh, I missed that big interview. I want to listen. And now, I would say podcasting hasn't eclipsed radio, but I would say this. For our audience, the sports business radio listener, the busy professional, the people who travel and are on the go all the time... The podcast format suits them much better and their schedule much better than, hey, you know, we're on every week at this time on live radio, tune in. They don't have that, but they can listen on airplanes. They can listen when they're right. working out. They can listen when they're on the subway or whatever they're doing. And it suits our audience better. So thank God for the podcast format. Uh, a reminder, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, we're on Everywhere. almost <laughs> every platform you can be on for podcasting. Yeah. So uh, if you're not subscribing, please subscribe. All right. We wanted to pull some of our highlights, so many highlights in the last 15 years. Like we could literally do 10 hours on <laughs> yeah. the incredible conversation. So this was really hard to pick, you know, probably 10 clips and, and go back 
in the last 15 years and go, hey, you know, let's look at some of the special moments in the show's history. But we're going to try and do that right now. Let's start with uh, a moment that was in year one when we launched. So David Stern was our first guest. But soon after that, I tapped into my friends at Nike and I was like, you know, one of the biggest names in sports, one of the most uh, enjoyable people to speak with is tennis legend and broadcaster John McEnroe. And my friend Mike Nakajima lined it up where John McEnroe called us from his hotel room in Paris where he was there for the French Open broadcasting. And we had a great conversation with McEnroe about tennis and the state of tennis and just athletics in general, endorsement deals, his relationship with Nike. But at the end of the interview, my then co-host Keith Foreman and I asked McEnroe, who's a big music fan, do you have your guitar with you? Because he loves to bring his guitar with him everywhere, whether he's just strumming it in his room or playing for other people. And he happened to have his guitar with him. And Griggs, this is what took place after that. I would say this is the most spontaneous, one of the highlight moments in the 15 years of sports business radio. Do you have your guitar with you right now? I actually have my guitar with me right now. And um, Could you I'm take us with- out with a little uh, number? Um, sure. You got it. I mean, if you want me to ruin your radio show, oh, no. I'll be more than willing to do this so. This would be I'm priceless. Gonna... Okay. Well, this is this is going to be an acoustic version Fine. Of, um, of a song. But let's see. What do you want? A heavy metal or like a rock and roll song or something yeah, more mellow? Stone, something Keith Richards like is okay, fun. Okay. Let's get, uh, why don't we try a little Jimi Hendrix Purple Haze, okay? Nice. nice. Try to listen carefully. Here we go. That was priceless. You're listening to a special edition of Sports Business Radio, celebrating 15 years. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and University Stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. 
If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Now, back to the celebration of 15 years of Sports Business Radio. Another person who was on my bucket list to interview when we started Sports Business Radio back in 2004, in my opinion, the greatest golfer who ever lived, Jack Nicklaus, an iconic person. And I'm going to give you a quick backstory. We get pitched on this show all the time by people. And I've learned, like, the PR people I can trust who will deliver the guest. And I've learned, ooh, that person, I don't trust them. They're not going to deliver that person. So someone who I had never met before pitched me on, do you want to have Jack Nicklaus on to talk about his golf course design company and the Royal Bank of Scotland? And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I don't know this person. They're not with a big PR firm. There's no way in the world this person is going to deliver Jack Nicklaus, the greatest golfer. But you know what? Just on the off chance that he does, I'm going to go sit in the studio with my then producer, Bobby Corser. We're going to sit there at the designated time. And if Jack Nicklaus calls in, this will be amazing. So we go sit in the studio and lo and behold, Jack Nicklaus, the greatest golfer of all time, calls in. And I told the PR person afterwards, I go, I don't care who you're pitching me for the rest of your life. I will take whatever you're selling because you delivered me Jack Nicklaus. So it was a great moment. Jack Nicklaus in this clip talked to us about the lesson that the game of golf teaches us and what you learn about a person when you play a round of golf with them. Obviously, you've played the game of golf all your life. Uh, you've been there with golf during some incredibly joyous moments like we discussed with the 1986 Masters, but golf has been an outlet for you for some incredibly somber moments as well. What are the main lessons the game of golf can teach us if we play pay close enough attention? Well, I think the game the game is a, a game that you, you, you get out of it what you put into it. And you get... Uh, uh, you know, you, you get you develop relationships with people. I think you play eighteen holes of golf with somebody. You get to know them pretty well. You're exactly uh, right. Yeah, you you know what, what, what kind of a sport they are. You know what kind of a personality they got. You know whether they're a hothead or or whether they, they they'll, they'll enjoy the game for the game or they're or they're or they're just they're driven by total competition or they're driven for greed or whatever they're driven by. And you find that out pretty quickly on the golf course. So it's a it's a great game for that. It's a great game for for people. It's a great game for 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 a father to play with a son. It's a great game for a grandfather to play with his grandson or granddaughter. And you know it can be played by all walks of life and people of all handicaps and all abilities. It's it's just a marvelous game. And it's uh, there's not many games like that. Uh, so uh, to be to be fortunate enough to be involved in that game. All my life has been a very, very special thing for me, and it's uh, uh, you know, it's, it, and you meet the same people on the way down that you meet on the way way up, Brian. You you know that, and uh, so you better you better watch your p's and q's on the way up because you're going to have to eat either, either you're going to have to eat them on the way down if you haven't handled it right. Well, it's great, great advice, and uh, it's such an honor to speak with you. You've always conducted yourself in such a wonderful manner on and off the course, and I really wish you the best in all of your endeavors moving forward. Thank you, Brian. Someone else that I really wanted to talk to and has gone on to even greater fame than when we spoke, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban had not done Shark Tank. He hadn't done Dancing with the Stars yet. He's, he was simply known as the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. But even then, you could tell this guy brought an energy to business and to the NBA that had been lacking before. And Mark Cuban is known as someone who gets really close to his businesses. And in the case of the Mavericks, 
people would say, Mark Cuban's always in the huddle. He's in the front row. He's very involved with his team. So I asked him about that on Sports Business Radio. You're such a passionate owner. Uh, some people have been critical of you because you're in the huddle and you're around the team and you travel on the plane, but I think that gives you a unique perspective. How has that perspective and that closeness allowed you to make personnel decisions? Well, you know, it's funny because it, you're exactly right. People gave me a lot of grief about it, and in reality, if you think about it, okay, if you had a business, I don't care if you're selling widgets or what you're selling, and your most expensive widgets were all in the room at the same time, and your best widget salespeople were all in the meeting at the same time. As CEO of that company, would would you face criticism for being in the meeting or not being in the meeting? <laughs> right, for not you know, being in the meeting. That, that those meetings are every huddle that takes place in an NBA game. And you know, you look at a lot of NBA teams that haven't had success, and you know they go through coach after coach, they go through player after player, and when you look at the decision making process. It's always one or two or three steps removed. It's an owner relying on multiple people that really, those people, their self-interest is just in keeping their job. That was one of the most expensive lessons I learned, and, and probably I, I was lucky in being around the huddles, and that, and that expensive lesson was the number one job of a general manager or coach in the NBA is not to win championships. It's to keep their job. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like a politician. There, there's only 30 positions that pay millions of dollars and let you work six months a year. Right. You know, and do you want to lose that job or do you want to win a championship? And, and what that led to was, you know, people, you get, it's a clubby business. It's a fraternity business where, you know, one coach, you'll see if he goes from team to team, he'll take all his coaches from the former team with him or right. his trainer or strength coach. And so, you know, the industry realizes that, and so they kind of, insulate themselves to make decisions accordingly and so i said you know what that that's not going to work i have to change that and the only way i'm going to understand what's going on is to be as close to the real people that get the job done and that's the players and the coaches while they're doing their job just like you know i I would go on a sales call to help our salespeople. i would sit with programmers i would sit with engineers you know i would visit customer installations of technology to to see for myself what's going on well, you know, you apply the same principles to a basketball team, and that means you're where the rubber meets the road, which is right where the huddle is, right? Right. Absolutely. That helped me make the decisions. The round mound of rebound. Someone who we love watching as a player, and now we love watching as a broadcaster on the NBA on TNT. Charles Barkley, someone else I've always enjoyed talking to. He joined me on Sports Business Radio. One of the questions I asked him was about his famous commercial for Nike. I am not a role model. Here's what Charles had to say about that. The I am not a role model commercial, one of my favorite commercials ever. And I thought it was just the message it sent was such a great one. Is that your favorite commercial? If not, what is? Well, I think it's probably the most important thing I've done because, you know, when I made that commercial, we knew it was going to be controversial. And I really made it for a lot of young black kids. Because, uh, uh, unfortunately, a lot of young black kids aren't getting their education. And they all they think about is playing in the NBA. Uh, and, and, you know, this, 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 this sports thing is a big trillion-dollar business, basically. And I worry about these guys not getting their education. And they're not getting their education. And I want them to stop thinking they're going to play in the NBA and go back to school and get their education. So I'm very proud of that commercial. One of the greatest athletes of my childhood and 
someone who I looked up to, tennis player Chris Everett. She came on Sports Business Radio, and that was a real thrill for me. Um, I really like the job she does at ESPN as a broadcaster covering tennis now. She talked about the bond of women on and off the court and how that compares to the relationship male athletes have when they compete against each other. Maybe you can discuss for a moment the importance of relationships with competition. I mean, I know you and Martina, I've seen the 30 for 30. It was fantastic. But you guys went skiing together, you trained together, but then you were fierce rivals on the court. How, what was that like? Because I know, you know, in some sports or some relationships, people don't hang out off the court with the yeah. person that they're competing against. You know, I don't mean this to be a <clears throat> sexist remark, but I think it might be a little <clears throat> more difficult for women to really bond, like to go out and compete and try to beat each other and then go out to dinner afterwards to let it go. I think it's easier for guys to do that. Um, I think women, uh, you know, there's a little more emotion and a little more drama associated with them. And um, the thing is with Martina and I, don't get me wrong, that happened at the end of our career, you know, where we became very close. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in my 30s when I went to Aspen, I went to her house and skied with her and worked out with her. But trust me, in the middle 20s when the, when it was really heated and when the competition, the rivalry was really heated, we didn't hang out together a lot. So, but I But I see the women... You know, in this day and age, like I know Serena's good friends with, you know, Caroline Wozniacki, and uh, most of the, most of the top women are friendly, but at, at, they have their teams and they have their camps, and they'd rather go out to dinner with their coach, and they'd rather not have to, have to deal with talking about tennis and talking about competition. So, I think that's human nature, really, not to be socialize a lot with your competition. Someone I had targeted for a long, long time to have on Sports Business Radio, Michael Vick. His story is one that I don't know that we've seen in 20, 25 years. One of the highest paid athletes in all of sports, $120 million, was the face of the Atlanta Falcons, the face of the NFL, had a big endorsement deal with Nike, and then he lost it all and went to prison. Michael Vick joined us on Sports Business Radio, and the first thing I asked him was surrounding himself with the right people, the importance of that, because before Michael Vick went to prison, he had not surrounded himself with the right people. Here's what he said about that. You've got to surround yourself with the right people, um, people who know way more than you, um, and that don't necessarily make you um, you know, incompetent. You know, it's it's a learning process. It actually, it's actually uh, better for you and, and your understanding. Um, when you surround yourself with smart people, you become smarter as well. And you don't have to always get the credit for everything. You know, you know they have um, you know certain abilities and capabilities to do things uh, that make them great in their own right. And you know, it comes around full circle. So, you know. That's the most important thing, and it's hard because you you have to build trust in people. And you know, if you can build that trust, you know, find two or three, you know, uh, people in your life that you know you can call on anytime. You can ask a question without feeling like you you know you sounded dumb or you just don't know. You know, and you put your pride to the side. Then you know that's that's growth. That's how that's how you make it. You know, in any profession, I think. 
The other thing I asked Michael Vick, and this may have been one of the most poignant answers I've ever received on this show, is take us inside the prison cell, night one. When you're in prison, again, you've been top of the world, now you're in prison. Take us inside the prison cell. What was going through your mind? Here's what he said. When you were in prison that first night, I mean, here's a guy, you were on top of the world in the NFL, you had endorsement deals with Nike. When you were in prison night one and you're laying in bed, what's going through your mind? You know, night one, you just feel like you you think about the people that you let down. Um, But most importantly, it's all about building and strengthening yourself. You know, it's no way to describe, um, you know, that feeling. you know, I think it's a personal feeling. It's something that if you don't go through it, you never know. Um, and the emotions really run deep. Um, so, you know, whether it was night one or night, you know, 300, they were all the same. Um, it's just that, you know, when, you know, when I was 10 months in, I was just a stronger person. Um, I'm not saying that I was, you know, built for, um, the duration of my sentence, but, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a very um, a strong person, you know, mentally and physically. So, you know, I know how to adjust. I was able to adapt, but man, the the pain and that you know I inflicted not only on myself but on my family probably um, is what you know kind of helped me deteriorate in, in in so many ways. Um, so, but I had to I had to stay strong. I had to you know, walk around, even though, you know, I was down on the inside, I had to have a smile on my face each and every day. Um, and that's just this, you know, create positive energy. And so I felt that, and, you know, the people around me helped me. But, yeah, man, it's, it's no joke. You know, I don't wish that on anybody, and um, especially coming, you know, from what I came from, you know. So that's what made it even more difficult. Well, the first guest that we ever had on Sports Business Radio was NBA Commissioner David Stern. In 2016, I sat down with him in New York at our Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo. It was really one of his first extended interviews that he had done since he had been commissioner of the NBA. So it was kind of like David Stern unshackled. Like he didn't have to worry about what he said anymore. He wasn't commissioner anymore. And one of the things he talked about was he wanted to set the record straight on the Chris Paul to the L.A. Lakers trade. This made news on a number of different platforms after our show because it was really the first time he had talked about this, and many people didn't know this story. But here's David Stern in 2016, post being commissioner of the NBA, talking about what really happened with the Chris Paul trade. Because I'm, I'm, so I'm going to correct your language. What cancellation? <laughs> you, um, mean, you mean what, uh, the GM... Uh, was not authorized to make that trade, and acting on behalf of owners, we decided not to make it. I was I was an owner rep, so it wasn't. It, there was nothing to void. It just never got made. Uh, but when you're the commissioner, and you have two teams that are ticked off at you, as in the Lakers and Houston, and the GMs, without being wanting to be attributed, spend their time trashing you, the, the wrong impression can be granted, and. One of the few times I decided to just go radio silent and let it play out, I got killed. But that's so. The answer is there was never a trade. It wasn't approved by me as the owner rep. And the last clip we have for you is 
from our Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo with NCAA President Mark Emmert. I have a 14-year-old daughter. I am very against specialization of sports. I think athletes should play multiple sports. I asked Mark Emmert about it and what he and the NCAA sees from athletes. Here's his answer to that question. I mean, I do my part as a dad. My daughter plays several different things and, and does different activities. You know, and if I had a coach say, no, if she wants to play on this team, she has to play year-round, I would be like, no. Yeah, and interestingly, I haven't done a survey on this, or it's not scientific, but just the random sample of coaches in college that I sit down with, they all want to know when they were recruiting a kid, what other sports do you play? Hmm. Because they they strongly believe, and there's good evidence to support it now, medical evidence to support it, that that being a multi-sport athlete when you're young makes you a better athlete, period. It, it helps you develop all the, the physical skills and emotional abilities that are going to serve you well. There's, there's evidence suggesting that no kid needs to specialize in their sport until they're well into their teenage years. The idea that you can't be a great soccer player unless you, you know, start when you're six, there's no evidence to support that. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that's a great way to be a bad soccer player. Right. And, and wind up <clears throat> at 16 hating soccer. So again, thank you for listening to 15 years of Sports Business Radio. Those were some of our favorite conversations that we've had on the show. Thank you again to my co-founder, Keith Foreman, uh, to Brian Griggs, our executive producer, Bobby Corser, who was our original producer and got us off the ground, and to Nathan Roach, who's now at Adidas, head of tennis sports marketing for Adidas. He's gone on to bigger and better things. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the crew that's gotten us through this 15 years. And Griggs, again, it's been a fun ride. I agree. Those are some fun clips. That's a fun show just to relive some of those uh, moments. I love like the, the early stages of Sports Business Radio. And you're oh, more man. like a radio DJ back then. Oh, I was so <laughs> hyper. I love it. And I was just out of control. I, I cringed when I listened to some <laughs> so of those good. clips. And so people know, like, I was with Keith Foreman. We were the voices of Loyal Marymount Basketball. So he did play-by-play. I did color analyst. And it's very different doing that versus hosting a talk show and interviewing people. And everyone told me, you need to bring the energy. But I was way over the top with my energy. And uh, I think we've toned it down since then. So I feel like just like a great athlete, I have honed my craft. I've gotten better. Uh, I've gotten more succinct with my questions. But you know, I've studied a, lo- a lot of different people, whether it was Howard Stern, who, you know, everyone goes on Howard Stern's show, and at the beginning of the show, they go, I will not talk about my divorce. I will not talk about this. I will not talk about that. And by the end of the show, he's brought it all out of them. I have a uh, a way of doing interviews as well, and I'm not going to give away my, my trade secrets, but there's definitely uh, an art to interviewing sure, someone. yeah. Uh, and I, I would say this to anyone who does interviews, do your homework. I do hours of research for every guest that I'm going to have on Sports Business Radio, and the guests can tell if you've done your research or is this the car wash? Is this the, hey, what's the book you're promoting? What's the movie you're in? What's the blah, blah, blah? If you're asking the same questions as everyone else, you're not doing your homework. And guests, especially of this ilk that come on this show, they know if you've done your homework. And if you can pull out a few nuggets of information that make them feel like you did your homework, the interview is going to be much more personal and a lot better. 
Thank you again for listening to 15 years of Sports Business Radio. I hope we have many more years to come. Open Doors helps athletes share content on social. Founded in 2012 by two former Nebraska football players, Open Doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. More than 6,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with one click. Open Doors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the player's social channels. Leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at opendoors. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.